Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Ocean Riders podcast. Conversations with creatives, entrepreneurs, thinkers and dreamers who also happen to be surfers. My name's Imi Barno, and I am your host. This week, I got to sit down for a chat with Liv Hung. Liv is from Vancouver, and she was a late starter in surfing. But from the get-go, she was immediately hooked. Surfing quickly became an obsession, and most of her time off was spent trekking to the closest surf spot or whizzing to Hawaii. This inevitably led to investing in real estate in the closest surf spot, which is Tofino, British Columbia. Liv is also an accomplished marketing Jedi. She operated a popular blog for many years and is still a freelance marketer. But things change radically as soon as she became a mum. In fact, a complicated pregnancy and the arrival of twins forced her to review her priorities and to start living life a little differently. Fast forward to today and Liv has created, with a couple of associates, an adventure experience for women. It's called Nourish to Fino. Nourish proposes surf, yoga and adventure retreats for women in the beautiful Canadian rainforest of Vancouver Island and also around the world in idyllic places such as Morocco and Central America. In this conversation, we talk about Liv's story. She gives us expert tips for freelancers and I learn about a new term which is called dream making. You'll find out about that in the podcast. We also talk about passive houses and, of course, the inception of her new business venture, Nourish Tofino. I'll Liv do the talking now and say without further ado, please welcome Liv Hung. Hello Liv and welcome to the Ocean Riders podcast. How are you today? I'm doing great, thank you. How are you doing? I'm Fine, I'm fine. I'm so delighted to have you on my podcast, finally. I guess before we start, do you think that you could introduce yourself to the listeners in a few words? Yeah, so hello, I'm Liv Hung. I'm the founder of Nourish Tofino in Vancouver, Canada. And I also freelance in marketing and event management services. And I love to surf, so I guess that's why I'm here to chat with your audience today. <laughs> that's fantastic. Maybe before we sort of start talking about Nourish and your purpose today, maybe we could sort of rewind a bit and find out how did you end up in British Columbia? Where are you from? Yeah, so I was actually born in Hong Kong and my parents moved our family to Bangkok, Thailand when I was six years old. So I ended up having exposure to an international experience at a young age and I was there for three years and then we transitioned and moved to Canada when I was nine. So I mostly grew up in Vancouver on the west coast of Canada with a lot of outdoor access, snowboarding, you know, riding horses, hiking. But I was really late starter for surfing. So I didn't even touch that until later in adulthood. But I think growing up in Canada, having access to nature gave me the appreciation for it. And yeah, I went to university here and really have my roots here in Canada. Oh, that's brilliant. So what are the career paths that have led you to what you do now? Like, did you go to college? It's actually a fairly conventional career path. You know, I went to high school and then straight to university, went to University of British Columbia, had started out with a science degree. I was dead set being a biologist. But uh, after, you know, two years, I realized that wasn't really what I wanted to do and got into business school, studied marketing 
And from there on, I just, you know, took my first few jobs, you know, did some event marketing, just basic marketing stuff and got into advertising. So most of my career has actually been in the digital marketing area and also in media planning. So media buying, strategic planning, building websites, you know, all of that and kind of coordinated with the rise of social media. So I actually had a fairly popular lifestyle fashion blog when I was in my mid to late 20s, 30s. And, you know, that gave me access to, you know, things like teaching workshops and seminars. And eventually I was teaching courses at the local universities. It was a fairly more public figure, I suppose, within the Vancouver online social media scene. And, you know, that's kind of led to where I am today in terms of my roots. That's brilliant. So what was the blog called? It was called A Beautiful Life. Uh-huh. I took it down, actually, after a really good run. But, you know, life changes, life moves on. And I ended up starting a family. I have two twin boys. They're six years old. But, you know, I had a difficult pregnancy. And once that was done and the boys came really early, I dedicated my time fully to them. And my life, I kind of moved on. So it was time to shut down the blog. Right, right. That's really interesting, actually, how to balance a career with a family. So how did you actually manage that? Yes. So I had, I guess, a couple of years before I was pregnant with the twins, I had already left my regular job at the ad agency. I mean, it was a wonderful time. I loved working there, great people. But I was ready to move on to doing my own consulting, which I was you know, excited about. So I was doing that. And then I had the kids. And, you know, being a freelancer meant that you have some flexibility, you know, in terms of how much work you want to take on how Mm -hmm. much work you're hustling to get. And I did just kind of let it slide a bit, because I knew that at that point, you know, my kids needed me more, Mm -hmm. and that would always be there. So, you know, I would take on a few things and teach a few seminars here and there. But my main focus was at home with boys and everything just coincided at a good time. You know, the boys got bigger, they got into preschool and kindergarten and your time starts opening up and, you know, opportunities start knocking, I guess, you know, I don't know if it's just you put the energy out there or things kind of align, but that's what happened. And that's where I am today. So I mostly work from home as Mm -hmm. a freelancer for one primary client. And they're wonderful. You know, they have their peak seasons and their low seasons. So that coincides with my other work, obviously with Nourish and planning retreats. And it just all seems to juggle very well somehow. (laughs) I don't really know how it is, but it does. And I've got wonderful family support. I mean, that is really, really important when Mm. you've got, you know, great grandparents to help, which I'm so grateful for. And my husband, who has been incredible, it really does take a village. So, you know, I'm very happy that I have that situation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're so very lucky to have that community around you to help you with everything. That's great. So to move on, what kind of advice would you give somebody who wants to go freelance? Are there any kind of super tips that you could give them you know, in terms of managing clients or in terms of, I don't know, managing finance, asking for money, you know, all sorts of things like that. What are the biggest challenges for a freelancer? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting thing. I think, you know, before you can consider that option, you really have to build up some experience and a good portfolio of experience. And, you know, that does mean you kind of have to hack it in the regular type of job get good clientele, good projects that you've done that you can really sell your assets on. And 
networking, I think is huge. I mean, you know, that's where a lot of the work comes in is mm-hmm. referrals or people that are past clients or somebody mentioned something to somebody. And I mean, I'm still a big believer in that. And when I'm building up my own business and in everything that, you know, you can always learn something from someone, you just never know down the road, you know, how someone might pop up in your life again, or how you might help them. It all just kind of comes together. So networking is definitely a big part of it. And, you know, in terms of managing finances and managing your client load, that's a tricky one, because ideally, you want to space everything out so that it's steady, but that's (laughs) never happens. So (laughs) you just kind of have to deal with it. Sometimes it's feast or famine. And I guess having the foresight to look ahead and project timelines and see, okay, maybe down the road, I'm going to need something else. So I better start, you know, making some connections now. And then obviously using some kind of software for billing and making sure you're tracking time and being kind of diligent about that and not being really afraid to follow up on invoices or having to make a phone call if you need to. Because at the end of the day, it is business and you just have to go about it. And, you know, that's just the way it is. But yeah, freelancing is great. But, you know, there's the pros of the flexibility, but then the flexibility also can be a con, right? If you can't manage in terms of a healthy, balanced lifestyle, and you're mm. constantly on your email or constantly messaging or constantly on your phone, that might not be ideal for some people. Yeah, absolutely. That rings a bell. <laughs> it's a very important. And so there was one thing that you mentioned in your bio that you've been traveling to and from Tofino ever since you discovered surfing. And maybe we can come back to that later on in the interview. You also said that you designed and built your own home. Now, how did you do that with managing twins and <laughs> raising kids and having a job and everything? I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, it's um pretty crazy. So actually, <laughs> We have two homes, so one in the city in Vancouver, and then we have our home in Tofino. And we've actually built both of these homes, which any normal person would think this is absolutely crazy to be doing this (laughs) at almost not exactly the same time frame, but there was definite overlap. The one thing is with our home in Tofino, we chose to build using a prefab route. So I did design it and customize it, but there was a general blueprint there. Mm -hmm. And the nice thing is once, you know, the architecture was completed and they have a team that just brings the wall assembly in, it's popped up really, really quickly. Whereas our home in Vancouver was quite a different story. It's actually a concept called passive house. I don't know if Mm -hmm. you've heard of that. Yeah, that comes from Germany. Maybe we could explain to the listeners what a passive house is. Yeah, so it's all about energy efficiency. So living in a cold climate, most of our houses here have a furnace to heat the home. So this home actually does not. We have something called a heat pump. It's a bit different. I'm probably getting way too mechanical. And my (laughs) husband would explain this much better than me. He's the engineer in the family. But in any case, it's much more energy efficient. The walls are much thicker than a normal house. So once the house is warm to a certain degree, it doesn't need input to keep it at that temperature. It can stay at that temperature. The windows are triple glazed, so they are very energy efficient. You know, when the house was designed, they looked at various things like, okay, how much sunlight will the house Mm. get and from which direction and depending on the season and how warm will it get? And they managed the airflow through the house. So, you know, in different ways, so that you're basically maximizing all of the heat that the house is getting and it's retaining. So at the end of the day, you know, it's 
supposed to be a much more environmentally friendly house. And that's what we've gone with. So being one of the few in the city that's actually certified passive house is quite a project, you know, because <laughs> you are always kind of the first for a lot of things. And it's a long process, you know, everything is longer, materials take longer to come, they have to come from Europe, you know, it's, yeah. it's not necessarily the easiest thing to do, but we're really happy with the results. It's not been easy, but it's been <laughs> been a learning process. I was able to take some of the learning anyways from here to Tofino. And um, it's kind of funny because that house is very much more of an expression in terms of design of my ideals and personality, whereas the house in the city is more of my husband's passion <laughs> project. So it's nice that way. So we've mm. kind of we've got both and we're very lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, do you think you could tell the listeners your fluky discovery of surfing? Because that kind of has paved that way to Tofino and to what you're doing today as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny because you know, I've always loved the ocean as a child. I've always swam a lot, obviously, with my time in Thailand. But I never thought of going surfing. I just don't even know why I did. And I guess maybe living in Canada, you don't really think of going surfing. And my husband and I were on a vacation to New Zealand. We were in North Island in the New Plymouth area. So there's tons of great surfing there. And just on a whim, he said, let's go take a surf lesson. And I went along with it, but I was actually terrified. I mean, I don't know what got over me. I was trembling when I put on the wetsuit because it's cold water. And I'm thinking, I'm just going to freeze. This looks miserable. <laughs> you know, full self-doubt, which is horrible. And we get out there and we had this wonderful instructor. I still remember her. So the surf shop is called Lost in the 60s. Her name was <laughs> Daisy. She was an older lady. I mean, she must have been at least her 60s and you know, she was amazing, a positive energy. She's like, you can do this. You know, of course, she put me on this big blue foam board. And I think the first push she gave me, I pretty much nearly stood up. And then I just was standing up, you know, in this lesson, you know, and I look over, my husband is having a miserable time because he's <laughs> standing up at all. And this is his idea. So I kind of had that one over him. But no, I mean, since then, it's grown really into a passion of ours. You know, before we had the children, you know, when we came back from that trip, we looked around and we realized, oh, there is a surf community in Tofino, which is on Vancouver Island. From Vancouver, it's a ferry ride and then a car drive over to the west coast of Vancouver Island. Mm -hmm. So there's a great little surf town there with tons of surf shops and a lot of breaks. And we just started going there, you know, every long weekend as much as we could. We were making these crazy drives to, to go surfing, even in less than ideal conditions, because, you know... Even though I live by the water, we're blocked because Vancouver Island actually blocks Vancouver from getting any waves of any sort. So we were desperate. So we were going there. And then in between, we would, you know, plan vacations to Hawaii as much as we could to surf, you know, nice waves. And we just kind of really got hooked on that lifestyle. That's amazing. Yeah. And it was just our dream, I suppose, you know to eventually have something there. And when the opportunity came up, you know, the land came up for sale. Funny enough, we had always rented the house next to the place really? where we're at now. So we were quite familiar with exactly where it was. I was just like, we got to try and go for it. And <laughs> yeah, here we are. <laughs> so what's it like surfing in Tofino? I mean, can you surf all year round? Or is it just the summer months? How does it sort of work out? 
Yeah, most people surf all year round. I mean, I think when it comes to the really cold December months with the big winter swell, you'll find that the crowd will thin out because it does get overwhelming. You know, like for myself, I don't consider myself intermediate at all. I think I would still consider myself kind of like an advanced beginner, maybe (laughs) the beginner side of intermediate. So People are going out. I mean, Christmas Day, Boxing Day, I was out there this year mm-hmm. and I couldn't believe how many people were out in the water. It just, it's really boomed. You know, there's surf lessons going on all the time. The schools seem to be able to find a spot that's suitable for beginners, you know, any time of the year. I don't think that they really cancel all that much unless when there's windstorms, that's the one thing that makes it tough when there's really crazy windstorms because we do have a lot of forests in Tofino, a lot of rainforests, and it does make it dangerous in terms of the trees. But yeah, I think, you know, summer obviously is peak season there, but I really love the fall in Tofino. It's one of my favorite times to go. Oh, that's beautiful. That sounds absolutely gorgeous. I mean, Canada in autumn is just a dreamy kind of place to go to, but if you add waves to it, it's even better. Like, (laughs) that's great. So moving on, you pointed out also about your talent for dream making. And I wondered if you could sort of elaborate on that. Yeah, so dream making is, it's a concept that kind of came to me, I think, I've been coining this now for a number of years. So to go back to where it actually started, I think, you know, as a family, my husband and I would always sit down, you know, every one to two years, and we would want to sketch out sort of what we think the next short term and long term would look like. And we'd play around with scenarios, we would let ourselves, you know, daydream, think of outrageous things, and then scale it back. And, you know, what's kind of our one year or two year or five year or 10 year and It's incredible when you look back at the things you wrote down and you think, oh my goodness, I've actually achieved all of these things. I mean, and the amazing thing is I don't like to think of them as goals per se, because I feel like with goals, you know, you can kind of get to a goal point and then there's kind of this feeling of now what, or what's the next goal or how do we push for the bigger and better? And it becomes a cycle I look at it as a dream because I see it as more fluid, as something that can change. And even when I look back, you know, some of the things I wrote down, the scenarios, the path that I've taken may not have been what I thought it would have been or may not have been conventional. But somehow I've gotten there in one variation or manifestation or another, you know. Mm. You know, it may not be exactly just the way I've thought, but I'm pretty much there or I've gotten there in some other way. And that's why I kind of like to call it dream making. And it just allows it to be a little bit open. So I'm a big believer in that for my own life, that it's helped me immensely. And, you know, hopefully, some of the things that I've been doing, I'll be able to help others with that, you know, who come and attend some of the nourish retreats. And we get into some of that soul searching stuff, which is the really fun part, I think. I bet. And do you sort of manifest that by vision boards or by just sort of writing down bullet points? Or how does that sort of manifest physically? When you're dreaming. Yeah, so I think everybody has different ways or ways that they prefer. So, you know, there's no set rules, but like for myself, I prefer writing things down and I really prefer reviewing them and drawing pictures. You know, mm-hmm. some people, if they're more artistic doodles, 
the vision boards are great too, you know, whether you do it on Pinterest or you do it physically, those are all great ways to just clarify in your mind what you think you would like your life to look like or what are the experiences that you mm-hmm. want to have or what is the kind of person you want to be. I mean, it's so broad and you can frame it in so many ways, but the main thing about doing that is first, it clarifies the thoughts in your mind. And secondly, if you feel comfortable, you can share that with people, you know, your friends or family. And through sharing, you are self-affirming, you know, you are talking about it, you are saying it out loud, you are putting the thoughts out there, and you're repeating them in your mind, which I think, again, helps solidify Mm. those things that you're trying to achieve, or whatever it is that you're trying to become, all of those things kind of, you know, will make it seem more concrete. That's really interesting. And the power of the intention and the power of you know, the visualizing what you want to do or be or see or visit or whatever is a really efficient way of actually getting that done. That's really interesting. So moving to nourish. So do you help guests do the dream making when you do your retreats? Well, our retreats, we've launched our first one in Morocco. So that was in partnership with my wonderful partner. I have to give a shout out to yeah. uh, Elizabeth Finkel Sands, who is the founder of Driftwater Sports based in the East Coast in New York and the Hamptons area. We did our first partnership retreat back in May, and we had two weeks of wonderful women that came. I did test out one of the workshops, but I think I would like to dedicate a bit more time to it in upcoming ones. Mm -hmm. Being our first one, there was just so much activity (laughs) jam-packed. You know, we had so many things going on. Morocco was amazing, you know, just culturally was so rich. But it was something I definitely had to take away with just tying it culturally back to Morocco as well. You know, we were actually there doing Ramadan week, uh, months, right? Yeah. While, you know, the local people were fasting, trying to tie that back into the experience for our guests too is a learning about being patient and compassionate. You know, that's a big thing for the people to get through their day. They're patient with other people and compassionate, but also for themselves. And that was something I was hoping to really show our retreat guests you know, in terms of dream making is also taking that same patience and compassion for yourself when you are trying to achieve your dreams. Because, you know, sometimes these things will take time, Mm. they will take, you know, effort, and you may not get it at the first crack, you know, at the second or the third. And being compassionate with yourself, being patient with yourself to allow for those mistakes to happen, or, whatever it is that you need to sort of sometimes there are setbacks that you have to come back from. That was one key learning for myself that I really was hoping to be able to translate to the guests, you know, in the mini workshop that we did. (laughs) That's brilliant. So could you define what nourish is for the listeners just to sort of coin it? Yeah, so nourish is retreat experiences, I think, for women, you know, and it's been geared around surf and yoga to start, but I really see it more broadly as travel adventures. Mm -hmm. It's a time and space for women to make for themselves to be able to get away and, you know, get out of their usual routine and, you know, try something different or challenge themselves to something different or to relax or to just have fun, you know, Mm -hmm. in a community setting where everyone else is supportive, you know, our whole philosophy is we're encouraging 
We are welcoming to people of all different backgrounds, cultures, experience levels. You know, you don't have to know how to surf or have done yoga or have traveled alone, you know, to come to these things because that's what we're here for. We're here to encourage you and to help you, you know, find that. And that was at the core of what I wanted Nourish to be was just to have a space where mm-hmm. women could come and feel welcome and to be encouraged to try different things so that they come away with a weekend where they feel empowered or they feel rested or they feel just ready to come back to their own lives. That's lovely because I must say that as a woman that we do have a sort of extra mental load with the kids and the pets and the career and everything sort of seems to load up but that time for yourself is really really limited. It must be so refreshing for your guests to actually be able to wind down and just think of themselves for once yeah I think that that's a hugely rewarding part for me you know for myself it's a personal issue because you know after I had the twins you know it was a difficult pregnancy they had a difficult start in life then I'm thrown into just motherhood with two two twin boys you know babies and it was pretty intense and I think you know I found it very valuable to take that time away to just you know remember who I was you know, to rest and just to do fun things and not just have to be mom all the time or planning something or or doing something. And I highly encourage you moms to try and make the space, you know, obviously with the support of their family to be able to do it. But, you know, if they can't get a week away, then try to take half a day, take a day away, take a night away, you know, whether it's by themselves or with friends or whatever it is, just I think it's really mentally healthy and it's really good for the kids to see that, you know, their mom has that independence. And I think overall, it's a win-win. It's a win-win for everyone in the family. Yeah, yeah. And so how did you actually sort of meet your associates, your partners whom you've created, Norish? Yeah, so both my partners, so Liz is one of them whom I've already mentioned. Mm -hmm. And my other partner is Carly Fox of Papaya Wellness. And she's also a retreats wellness, you know, entrepreneur, initially based in Nicaragua. You know, she's been doing that surf and yoga retreats for quite a while. So the three of us actually met on another surf retreat in southern Nicaragua. So We went on this retreat and the funny thing, well, not so funny at the time, but (laughs) we ended up being caught in a tropical storm near hurricane level, you know, storm. And we were basically trapped for a few days at this resort. You know, I cut the surf trip short, you know, there was nowhere to go. We were just there and hoping everything would be okay. And we ended up being evacuated out of there. But it was quite the experience, you know, you definitely bond and... um, (laughs) Yeah, so that's how we met. And we all kind of stayed in touch for a while and got to know each other. And then my partner, Liz, she actually does have another property in northern Nicaragua. And it, it started out as her just inviting me over to have a girl surf trip. And we thought, great, we could practice yoga, you know, we can even grab some surf lessons together. And then it just spun into this idea of, oh, well, let's have some other people. And <laughs> it grew into this thing, or this life on its own, which is great. And we ended up choosing Morocco for our first destination, given some of the uh, political unrest that was happening in Nicaragua at the time. So, you know, we both wanted to go there and check that out. So it, it worked out really well. <laughs> That's great. And what did you feel when you made that first sale for 
Norish, like when you got that first booking, what did that feel like? It was pretty exciting for sure. And we got it fairly early into the planning. So it was off to a great start. It's a funny thing with sales because it's definitely a bit of a high when you're, you know, you're going through the sales cycle and you're pitching and then you're wanting to close the sale and you you want to have the support materials, you know, online and in social media to kind of really tell the story, you know, tell the story of the brand experience or the experience that people are going to get when mm. they go. And that was a really big thing when we talked about doing this trip was, you know, we really wanted it to be all about, you know, the guest experience and it's their dream retreat and making sure that they had everything that they needed and, you know, wanting to make their dream retreat come true, I suppose. Mm. So yeah, it's definitely exciting, you know, when people believe in you and they want to go you know, with you. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so is there a specific profile for your guests? I would say they probably tend to be more late 20s and upwards to, I mean, over 50s, you know, would be a part of our group where we do tend to be, I want to call them more mature women because a lot of them are people that have traveled, but, but there are people that have never really traveled outside of North America. We had guests that were both yogis and people that had never done yoga before. Wow. We definitely had beginner surfers and then we had intermediate surfers. Perhaps the common thread is, you know, people that are fairly confident in what they do in their daily life, you know, and they are looking for an adventure. And they're open to the possibility, you know, and some of them have children, some of them don't, you know, so we don't really have a super strict profile. But mm -hmm. I think in general, it's people that are open yeah. to adventure and to something different. That's lovely. That's lovely. And have you had any unexpected reactions to, well, your first retreat in Morocco? Like, were you sort of, you hadn't anticipated it, but something happened really well or whatever? Yeah, I guess anticipated it or not I was really touched by how some of the guests reacted at the end of their trip you know we do a closing ceremony as part of kind of the dream making workshop and you know we talk about intentions and what we take away and I mean some of our guests were got really emotional in terms of you know what they felt they achieved during overcoming self-doubt and self-fear, feeling really empowered that they did something new and they were successful at it, coming to a new country. And they were so thankful about the whole experience. I mean, it's funny because, you know, obviously it's what I set out to do, but you never really go on a trip expecting that kind of response. And we've had guests tell us that we changed their lives. I mean, that is huge wow. for me, you know, People that, that have said, you know, when I come back, I'm going to make these changes. I'm going to do these things. And I think that was quite unexpected in a really good yeah. way. Well, that's fantastic. That's really, really amazing. So it definitely is an empowering experience to go on one of your retreats. I really hope so. You know, that's something we do talk about is encourage, empower, embrace. That's kind of at the core of what we're trying to do and you know, we want people coming away feeling confident and feeling like they've gained from it, you know, a little bit deeper than just your typical surf trip. I mean, it's great, you know, when you're younger, you go out surfing with your girlfriends and, you know, you're like, let's go, let's rip, let's do all these, you know, let's do all these fun things and let's party. But like, I think for our group, we're trying to provide a little bit 
more than that, you know, with a richer cultural Mm -hmm. experience and also hopefully, you know, being opening of our hearts and opening of our minds to find something deeper. That's beautiful. Yes, of course. So, yes. So you also organize retreats in Tofino and you have a Norish house. Could you describe what the Norish house is like? The Norish house is, it's very Scandinavian inspired in terms of the decor inside, but the outside is actually inspired by kind of a First Nations longhouse where it's a very simple, long rectangle, but the main feature of the house is a four-sided fire stove. And it's got very high, like uh, vaulted ceilings, you know, so the chimney goes all the way up and it's very open space, open plan. I really like the idea of the energy flowing around the space freely. You know, I designed it to be sort of what I call the ideal getaway home where, you know, it's a family home, Mm -hmm. but, you know, we feel very comfortable there and kind of have everything that we need. So a lot of textural details where you feel like, okay, there's different textures of wood, but there's glass and things where you can, you know, leather, you can feel like you want to touch and it's very comfortable, but not so much where you feel like, oh, everything, it's too fancy and I can't mm-hmm. get comfortable in this way. So it's designed as a family home and, you know, our family loves it. It's very close to Chesterman Beach, which is one of the surf breaks. You, you walk through a rainforest trails, you know, to get to this amazing beach. And, you know, you can do beautiful beach fires in the summer once the sun sets and really an ideal place for the kids to enjoy their summertime. I bet. And is that the same place where you take your guests on the retreats? Yeah. So for now, I've got a couple of trips coming up at the home. I've got one actually coming up this week. That's a surf and yoga trip, a short, a long weekend one, I suppose, just a few days. And then in September, we have a photography workshop with a local photographer, Brianna Bradley. She's actually quite well published and known as a surf photographer as well. And one of the female surf photographers in our industry here. So we're incredibly lucky to have her partner on this workshop. But so we will be hosting a small retreat there. My house obviously can, you know, it's a very small group, which is again, you know, what we wanted because, you know, we can't host that many people for one. But for two, I think it's a better learning environment in the smaller group. So that will be upcoming. I am not sure about the future of Tofino nourish house hosting more retreats you know for the time being I don't really have a schedule yet for next year but I'm definitely going to be working on some international retreats with mm-hmm. my partners Liz and Carly you know we're looking ahead to some exciting things to come down the pipe there excellent so do you have any sneak peeks on next destinations <laughs> well Morocco is definitely still going to be a mainstay we're definitely invested in there and with Carly being located in Mexico we are working on something down the pipeline for Mexico which I think is going to be very exciting yeah so that's all I can say wow. for now well, well that's we're really something for next spring hopefully for Mexico Okay, well, that sounds so exciting. I guess before we sort of leave, I've got a few questions about surfing and your relationship with surfing. My relationship with surfing, I mean, overall, it's been fantastic in terms of what it's provided for my lifestyle, my career, and what I think it'll provide for my kids and our family time. But of course, there's ups and downs. It can be frustrating, you know, especially if you're not in the water every day. Sometimes, you know, you think you're really stuck at a certain level or 
you second guess yourself. You think, like, can I actually do this? Like, what am I doing here? You know, <laughs> I'm middle aged and I'm a mom and I'm out here. Like, what am I doing? But um, it's great. I think it keeps you young. And I think it's given me so many opportunities. I mean, in terms of people that I've met so many wonderful people, you know, not just my two partners, but so many other friends from around the world through surfing. And there's an incredible network of women who are passionate about surfing and they seem to all be super supportive of each other. And, you know, once you've made those connections, it's almost seems like it's for life. And it's like, yeah, come on over, come visit me, you know, come stay with me. There's always a place for you to stay, always a board for you to use. I mean, <laughs> and I feel very much the same way. Like, I love it when people come and visit me in Tofino. I'm so happy, you know, to take people out and show them, you know, my surf break and my town. And yeah, it's just been something that's given me so much opportunity and it continues to give so mm, that's wonderful that's wonderful so I guess before we leave I have the generic sentences that I like to ask my guest at the end of the show and it's basically a sentence that I start and that you finish so are you up for that yeah we can try <laughs> <laughs> so the first sentence is I love my family oh that's great I miss oh that one's so hard <laughs> <laughs> oh I miss being carefree sometimes. Oh, that's awesome. I wish. <laughs> I wish more women would be able to take the time and space to get away for themselves. Oh, yes. So true. So true. And the last one is I want. Oh, there really isn't a lot that I want. I have to say, <laughs> I just want my family and friends to have good health and to be happy and be fulfilled. That's beautiful. That's lovely. So I guess we've made it. Uh, <laughs> this is I really great. hope I didn't prattle on and on. Oh my gosh. No, 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 to... no. This is perfect. This is perfect. So before we finish this interview, I just wanted to know if we could recap how to get hold of you and, you know, where to find you on social media, website, things like that. Yeah. So you can find my website at nourishtofino.com and that's N O O. R-I-S-H-T-O-F-I-N-O.com. So it's Nourish with a double O. Mm-hmm. Instagram is also at Nourish Tofino. I'm on Facebook at Nourish Tofino Retreats. And then if you want to send me an email, it's hello at nourishtofino.com. I am also fairly active on Twitter, and that's under my old blog name at A Beautiful Life. Brilliant. So we'll put all these details in the show notes in any case. And also links to your associates' businesses as well, Drift and Wellness, so that people can access all their products and services too. Thank you ever so much, Liv, for being such a gorgeous guest. And I really love your philosophy of dream making and, and everything. And I'd love to join you one day on your retreats. How do you feel? I feel Great. Yeah, thank you for this. I'm really happy to have had this chat with you. And thank you so much, Amy. That was a really inspiring conversation. I'm pretty impressed by what Liv has accomplished, especially whilst juggling a career, two young kids and building two houses at the same time. I love the inspiring concept of dream making and I'm going to give it a go this summer. 
To get in touch with Liv at Norish Tofino, you can skip to norishtofino.com. So Norish is spelt N-O-O-R-I-S-H, Tofino, T-O-F-I-N-O. So it's norishtofino.com. And you can also reach them on the Instagram account at norishtofino. Don't miss out on their photography retreat with Brianna Bradley in September. It looks really, really fun. In any case, all the details and the links will be available in the show notes of your podcasting app or online at theoceanriderspodcast.com. So far, the Ocean Riders podcast is a passion project. And if you have any comments or you would like to support this podcast in any way, there are loads of ways of contributing. Number one, head over to iTunes and give the podcast a few stars, a review or better still, subscribe. This helps me with the podcast's ranking and lets more people find out about it. Alternatively, you can tell your parents, your friends, or your surf buddies, anybody who would enjoy finding out about the lives of my awesome guests. Number two, you can join me for an episode. In fact, feel free to email me at hello at the Ocean Riders podcast if you'd like to join me for a chat and to share your story. Number three, you can follow me on Instagram or on Facebook. Just look up the Ocean Riders podcast. Links to it are on theoceanriderspodcast.com. I'd like to thank Liv for being such a lovely guest and I'd like to thank you ever so much for listening. Until next week, take care, have fun and enjoy the waves. Ciao.